Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. God picked me and chose me today to come and be nosy a little bit and get in your business. And with some things, uh, you know, it helps you see further. It's not glasses, though, but you, binoculars. Thank you so much. And I'm going to paint this picture for you. I'm sorry. Y'all can sit down. I'm sorry. Y'all sit down. I mean, I'm in the message, if y'all don't know. But um, he got these binoculars. Um, God is bringing his binoculars today because let me, let me tell you what we do as Christians. We think that if we continue um, uh, pushing God apart or pushing God away, and we think that he still can't see us. And so we put God in this nosebleed type of section. And so if you don't understand what the nosebleeds are, if you go to any arena or any um, uh, sports complex, the seats that are furthest at the top, that are far away, is called the nosebleed section. It's furthest away from the court. But what we do is we put God in this nosebleed section because we think he can't see us. Church, church, just because you're not seeking God or looking at God, or you missing church just a little bit, you know, not being as faithful, I want you to know that God can still see every single thing that you're doing. Just because you can't see him don't mean that he can't see you. He sees all the lies, all the cheating, all the scandal, everything that's going on in your life. He sees it all. So so what he's doing is he's trying to get in your business this morning, and you need to open your heart to what he has, what he's trying to do this morning. Amen? Amen. So, but that's why when God does that, um, to try to get in your business and try to bring you to places like this, that still shows how relentless God's love is. You know, it still chases you down, still seeks you out, right? And he still wants to come to, come to, to locate you and locate where your heart is at, right? And he does that, because, and that shows that he puts people up here week by week, you know, day by day, such as myself and such as others who may have given messages, and he does that all while to locate you, just to show that he still cares about you and cares about you. And you. And you too. <laughs> so he cares about all of you. So he puts you in this predicament. And you, because look, you didn't, you, you didn't get here. You, no one forced you to get here today. Nobody tied an arm behind your back. You got up. You um, uh, brushed your teeth this morning. Guess what? You actually put your clothes on this morning. You drove your car here, filled up with $4.30 of gas. And, uh, <laughs> and you made it to church today just to be in that seat. Why? Because God got something for you today. And you just got to open your heart. He got something for you today. So... Um, if you didn't know, wait, we didn't, we didn't pray. Let me, let me go and pray real quick. <laughs> Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that this message behind closed doors will help us to be authentic by ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can invite me to Thanksgiving because I, I make sure we eat on time. <laughs> amen. So look, that's the objective. The objective is behind closed doors. And the reason why I chose this message behind closed doors The objective behind it is to be authentic by yourself. This is not a message where I'm going to stand up here and tell you you need to get those friends out your life. I'm not here to bash your friends. 
I'm not here to say that you got the wrong people in your life, but I do want you to understand that when you change, the circle around you changes. I want to say when you do stuff, then the people around you will start changing as well, too. I want you to know that when you get placed in a certain environment, then you will start to affect that environment based off the stuff you've been doing by yourself. Right? So you will start to change things around you based off you. So that's why I'm here to talk about you about you. That's what we're doing. I'm talking to you about you today. So who likes story times? I do. Um, I also was challenged. I struggle with integrity. I struggle with chasing my own words down. Um, this message convicted me as well. All this th stuff that I'm talking about today convicted me as well. So I struggle with that as well, too, with chasing my words down. I was looked at as a big brother. I was looked at as someone who, got, who gives great advice, someone who can, you, you can call on to, to give you something. But when it came time for me to apply those words, it wasn't as easy as I made it seem. How many of us before gave great advice before but for others but didn't take it for themselves? Thank you. This message all for y'all who raised y'all hands. Thank you so much. I just want to know if I'm here to help somebody on a day. Thank you. We're not by ourselves. So when it came time for me to give that same word that I would tell other people to do, I wasn't applying it myself behind closed doors as well. Right? I wasn't being honest with myself behind closed doors. So I got attacked with lust. I got attacked with perversion. I got attacked with my attitude, my temperament. I got attacked with... Um, uh, integrity, authenticity behind closed doors, and all of that, oh, and all of that attack, um, all, all of that, excuse me, all of that attack um, my walk with Christ. All of that attacked my walk with Christ. And I came to find out that what happens is the enemy will try to come to steal that same very word that you tried to give out to others. So, be, so that's why you better make sure that you're strong enough to give somebody a word first and then make sure that you're strong enough to handle the challenge coming after that because the enemy's coming right, right behind that. So when, when, you, when you want to give out, when you're giving out a word, the enemy was trying to attack me with that. And he did attack me with that. And I too failed and couldn't get up. Shout out to Life Alert. But no, I, I failed and I, and, I, and I failed and I kept, and I kept doing the same thing and I really was not being honest with who? Myself. And that's a scary place to be in when you're not being honest with yourself. Because you can lie, you can cheat, you can tell a whole story. You know, I think about it as like the first day of college. You go, we got some ch college people in here. First day of college, nobody know you. You can say, you can tell them whoever you, whoever you are. They don't have to know what you do. They don't got to know who you are. You can tell a whole story to them, a whole story to them. So you can do all of that, but you know who we can't fool when we do that stuff? Like I said, back to the beginning, who we can't fool? God. We can't fool God because he sees everything. And he knows everything. So we can't fool God with this lifestyle of, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk, talk about this later, but with this lifestyle of lip service. We can't fool God with that. So uh, we're going to turn to a verse real quick. Let's look, let's look at 1 Samuel. Let's look at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. We're going to look at this verse, and um, it's going to spark off everything, y'all. It's going to spark off everything. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by a man's face or heart, 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Um, don't judge by a man's face or height, for this is not the one. I don't make decisions the way you do. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at man's thoughts and intentions. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at man's thoughts and intentions. We try so hard to impress everyone else instead of impressing the one who created us or spending time with the one who created us. The only one who really knows you all the way to the T, to the uh, I. You don't even want to talk to him, but you talk about him more than you talk to him. 
right? So God is saying, I look at your heart. I'm looking at your heart. And so, and I feel like we do this a lot in this culture, but we need to start, this is the only time I even ask y'all to be interactive in this message, but I just need everyone just to point one finger to your heart real quick. One finger to your heart. And just repeat after me. Stop lying. Stop, lying. Stop fooling yourself. God sees me. Can we say it one more time? Because I needed to click with somebody. Stop lying. Stop fooling yourself. Because God sees me. Right, that's it. You're done right there. So I'm saying that to say because God is seeing you with these binoculars and he's looking at you, stop trying to impress everybody else. Because you're not doing nothing. That's to no avail. It only matters what I do in my secret time. When I'm in my closed door. If that's what's going to matter when I'm going, when I'm, um, that's going to matter to God. No one else, that doesn't matter. They don't go home with you. They don't go home with you. You have to start impressing the one who sent, the one who called you. Not these other people who just call your name. Let's look at another scripture. James, I believe. James, James 1 and 8. It's going to all align, y'all, all align. It says, he is a double-minded man. Woman, don't check out on me because it says man. Don't check out. Man is all creation. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. James, in, in the book of James, God is, is saying a double-minded man is unstable. When I'm saying something out my mouth but not meaning it in my heart, that's unstable. When I'm, follow, when I'm saying something to others like I was doing and not doing it back in my secret time or not doing exactly the word I said, I'm unstable. When I'm doing that or being unstable, what, car, what happens when a car is unstable? You crash. You can't, you, you, no one can hold hands, as you know, for the couples, no one can hold hands and go the opposite direction. But that's what it looks like when you're saying one thing and not doing another, which is going to be the will of the Father. That's what it looks like. You're unstable. So what is unstable? Unstable means I'm divided with my loyalty. I have divided loyalties between my mouth and my heart. Divided loyalties is what you have, and that's why you're unstable. And another thing for unstable, or another, another um, uh, thing I can go to with being unstable is, as I referenced earlier, being a lip service Christian. What's a lip service Christian, Anthony? What's a lip service? We got any in here? Don't put your hands up. <laughs> a lip service Christian. What's a lip service Christian? A Christian with no relationship, just religion. What's relationship? That means to be committed to God. That means you got to be committed in a relationship. You got to listen in a relationship. You got to die in a relationship. You got to spend time with the person in a relationship, right? You got to know them. I got to actually apply this word that I'm hearing on today when I'm in a relationship. I got to actually do some stuff when I'm, but not really doing nothing. You ain't doing none of your secret time. You hear a word today and you ain't doing none of the house. You hear a word today, but then a challenge come up and you crumble. The word don't come back to you. The Holy Spirit ain't, 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 it ain't, it ain't deep enough or you're, you ain't rooted enough in the word for it to come back up into your, into your being or come out and come out your mouth. That's a lip service Christian. What's some more examples of a lip service Christian? They listen to music. Just on Sundays, though, Christian music. Just on Sundays. <laughs> Monday through Saturday, you know, listening to everything else. Dabbling in everything else. Filling their spirit with some other stuff. You know, I was talking to somebody about uh, uh, filling your spirit and, um, I noticed that the one thing that can really sustain your spirit is uh, the word. The word is the only thing that can really sustain your spirit. And the reason why it's the only thing, just going to preach to y'all, oh my gosh. Um, the word literally is like inconvenience in a way. 
You see, I'm going to help it line up. When you're driving down the street and you're trying to go to a restaurant and you're trying to figure out, what am I going to eat today? Everything is already around you as far as to f please your fleshly desires. I got cookout over here. I got Krispy Kreme over here. I got McDonald's over here, Burger King over here. And it's convenient. Can I tell you that everything in God's word is not supposed to cater to you? It's to challenge you? That's why it's hard to pick up the Bible? Because it's an inconvenience to your schedule? Right? It's an inconvenience, and that's why God is saying, if you're going to kind of come to me, you, I got to be able to inconvenience what you want to do. I got to be able to really know that you're going to be desperate enough to seek me. That's an inconvenience, but that's why we can become a lip service Christian, because it's inconvenient to pick up that word and to go listen to the podcast and to go look at YouTube and the messages, to go back and read and to go back and listen because we're doing so much other stuff that pleases the flesh and is to no avail, but we're not doing this one thing that can really help us. That's a lip service Christian. You got to dive in the word. What's some more examples of a lip service Christian? They come to church. You know, they, they're pretty faithful. You know, they may skip a few Sundays and stuff like that, but they come to church. They come to church week by week. They faithful a little bit, but they're fruitless. They faithful with certain things. They show up. They, they check their box. Like I said earlier, they check their box. I'm, hey, blessed, ha, look, blessed and highly favored. I'm doing good, amen. But you're fruitless. Why are you fruitless, though? Because, like I said, when it comes to your walk with Christ and when it comes to you uh, actually uh, applying out this word that's a, that's, that was given to you, you're, gonna be, you're not showing no fruit. You're not showing no fruit in your life. What's some, more, what's some more examples of a lip service Christian? They too attached to the world. They too culture based. You so concerned about the culture and what the culture is trying to do that you're not concerned about what God is trying to say to you. You're not really serious about trying to get close to God. That's a lip service Christian. And I pray to God that we don't, that as th this message is being given and brought forth, that you're hearing, that your ears are being opened to understand. So you can check some areas in your life to see, dang, am I being a lip service Christian? Am I being, am I being like this? Am I really all for God? Because, dang, like, God really is looking at my heart with every motive in every moment. Every step I take before I even take it, he's looking at that. He's looking at that. And that's why you have to be serious, but you also got to be desperate enough. But that's a lip service Christian. Let's not be lip service Christians. Let's not say one thing and don't do the other. And that's why the message behind closed doors, that's, that's what this is talking about. Do not say one thing and then do something else. Don't have lip service. Don't, don't, let your, don't just say things out your mouth that you don't even believe wholeheartedly. And if you're trying to believe it, that's good. Get around some other people, though, that can help you come up as well, too. But don't just be lip service. Don't just say some things and you're not even fully walking into it. And, and you see, what that got me was, like I said, lying, cheating, being in, this, being in scandals, sneaking around, my integrity, not chasing my words down. Learn this now to not be a lip service Christian. It's already bad enough the world is looking at us already. You're giving them more ammo in their magazine. You're giving them more ammo right into the gun. And every time you do something, you, oh, boom, I got you right there. You know, my dad, uh, Pastor AJ, always tells a story how 
um, he was, you know, with his brothers, and basically they were saying things like they were all doing something, like let's say drinking, and he was around them, and he was uh, first saved, and he didn't pick up the uh, drink. But they were like, maybe he was waiting on you to pick up the drink. And that's what he was showing me. They was waiting on you to pick it up. Why? So they could say, yeah, you're not saved for real. So he can really, he can, because he already may have told them, I'm a Christian now. I'm serious now. I'm, I'm super saved now. But then you get in an atmosphere that messes you up. And then that's another thing. Just watch out for that stuff. Watch out for the atmospheres that you just go in. Because the enemy, like I said, is trying to steal that word. The enemy is trying to tempt you. He's trying to taint your testimony. He's trying to taint your walk. He's trying to stop you from getting to all the blessings and things that God has uh, already ordained for you, has already set in motion. Let's look at Matthew, another scripture. Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7 and 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Do y'all get what I'm saying? (laughs) You're not entering the kingdom of heaven just by coming to church and, Lord, I love you, and not meaning it in your heart. Lord, I love you, but then going out here and smoking. Lord, I love you, but then going out here and drinking. I'm sorry, guys. Lord, I love you. (laughs) I'm not sorry, really. But, Lord, I love you, but then going out here and doing some other stuff. That's contradicting. If you got to think about, if you got to think about, should I do this? Then don't do it. If you already have the thought, let that be the Holy Spirit telling you. Let that be an unction of the Holy Spirit. It says those who will enter my kingdom are those who will do the will of my Father. What is the will of my Father? To reach the one, to advance God's kingdom, to be a light, to be a living testimony, to share about the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Those who do that will enter my kingdom. Not those who just come here and think this is a show, who just want to look the part but not do the part. And that's what we do. We come here and we try to be all dappered up and look the part with everything, but we're not really living this. And it takes real men and women of God to live this. Don't give the world more ammo. Be serious and be real about this. Those who do the will of the Father are going to enter the kingdom. And then if we scoot, Derek, a couple more verses over. Let's look at Matthew 15. Matthew 15 and 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. (laughs) God said that he loves us, right? He said it. He first said it. He loves us. But then did 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 he follow that up by doing something? He sent his son to die for us. That was the the biggest act of love, the biggest demonstration of love, right? We get all that. Okay, these people honor me or draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Okay, we honor Pastor AJ and Atina with our mouth. We say we love them. We say we care for them. We say we'll do anything for them. We say we'll sow into their life. Hmm. But when it comes time for Pastor Appreciation, or a birthday that's about to come up, or certain events where you can get a chance to sow into their life, and, I'm, and get the principle. I'm not trying to talk about just they need money. They got enough money. But get the principle. But your heart can be far from that if you're not doing the action after. Don't just say something and don't do it. Because can I tell you something? No more excuses. If I love someone, I'm going to do something. If you're not doing it, then you don't love them. It's that simple. It's that simple. 
If no action is beyond that, those words that you're saying, then you don't love them. Why? Because they draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. But God says their heart is far from me. Why? Because you're just drawing to me with your lips, trying to get close to me. Parents, kids, you love your kids. You love your kids. And you do stuff for your kids. Because you love your kids. So it's the same thing. If we're saying that we love God, then when it comes time to praise Jesus and to really show that we love God with our body, with our temple, with, our, with not smoking, with not drinking, with not cursing, when it comes time to show, do I really love God? Are we doing it? Or are we just having lip service and just saying? Because God is saying your heart is far from him if you do. If you just come in here and saying, Lord, I love you. Look, God, I honor you. I praise you. And you just saying it, but don't have the true meaning behind it. And then when it's time to actually do stuff and step out and show that you love God or step out and show that, oh, I can, I'm going to follow this word for real today. I'm going to really do this. And then you, you fall in, like I was doing. That wasn't loving God. That wasn't honoring God. And you got to realize that in your own life to be honest with yourself about where you are. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. He's, so look, write this point down. This is the first point for all the note takers. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. I highly encourage you to take notes. Highly. First point. Excuse me. Your mouth should not be the only thing honoring God. Your mouth should not be the only thing honoring God. Your entire being should be. Your, the way you live should honor God. The way you walk, the way you talk should honor God. But you can't talk without your heart being in agreement. Your, your mouth should not be the only thing honoring God. So these are two sub points, two sub points about behind closed doors. Physically, physically behind closed doors, meaning when you're by yourself, when you're in your own house, nobody's with you. When you're behind closed doors physically, are you hiding the word in your heart? Are you doing what you said you was going to be doing? When I get home, I'm going to go pray. Are you doing that? When I get home, I'm going to read today. Are we doing that? Why are we hiding the word in our hearts? So that we may not sin against God. And then we learn that if we honor him just with our lips, then our heart is far from him. So physically, are you doing that? Second one, spiritually. Spiritually, behind the doors of your heart, the closed doors of your heart, does the word sit there? Behind those closed doors, are we honoring God? With the way we talk, with the way we approach our lifestyle, are we, are we honoring God? Because spiritually, we have to hide his word. We have to hide his word. So I was at the gym. I was at the gym, or I used to go to the gym. And um, <laughs> oh, the story going to make sense, but I used to go to the gym. And um, as I was going to the gym, I was doing really good. I was uh, getting my stuff in. And as I can see, I don't go no more. But I was getting my stuff in, and I was doing my little machines and stuff. And um, when I was at the gym... Uh, I would go hard, and I'd do it, and I'd keep doing it. Then, you know, time would pass, and time would pass. I'd do seven machines or something like that just to work on certain areas. Then time would pass, and I'd go to four machines just to work on certain areas. And time would pass and start digressing and go to two machines. And then time would pass, and I'd just not go again. Right? But see, I was still telling people, oh, yeah, I'm in the gym. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the gym. Yeah, I'm, I'm working out. I'm, hitting, I'm pumping that iron. Why? Well, 
Why am I telling them that, though? <laughs> so I can fit in. So I can look the part to them. Mm, maybe. Maybe I'm saying it because I wanted to fit in with them and I wanted to be a part of the clique or be a part of something. Meanwhile, I already know I wasn't doing it. That's the dishonoring part. Because I'm telling them one thing and they make it hold me accountable to that one thing because I'm telling them that. But then when it comes time to do it, I wasn't doing it. That's just a small example, but that's how, you can, that's how easily you can say something and not have no action behind it. That's how easy it is to say something and not have no action behind it. So God is looking, like I said, at your heart, our heart, and he's watching your motives. And he's watching your step. Every single step. The ones that we hear from others and the ones we try to have from ourselves. He's watching those steps. And he wants you to be honest with yourself. And see, if we always keep saying that this is the year of harvest, and this is, you know, we're getting a harvest based off the seeds we planted, then this year, we, let's stop being fake with certain stuff. Let's be honest. Because you're not going to get the harvest if you're not being honest. And, 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 I, and, and I'm going to talk about that later, but you're really, you're not getting the harvest if you're being fake. I don't know what type of harvest you think you're getting. It's going to be, the harvest that you get is the thing that's in question. Because you will get a harvest, but the harvest that you get is in question. Right? Okay. So I was on, t uh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to give him no money. I was on a social media app scrolling. And it was a guy on there. And he was talking about um, being desperate. Like for Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh my God, this is really good. I, I got to share this. And what he was talking about was, um, it's, a, it's a scripture in the Bible um, and he was talking about, oh, Jesus talks about, oh, God, Jesus talks about, come to me, all who are, who, who hunger and thirst after righteousness, is, is what it says. Come to me, all who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I figured out something. And look, I'm going to give y'all a pop quiz. I didn't even like quizzes in school or anything like that, but I'm up here teaching so I can do this to y'all now. This is easy. It's not, it's not a trick. To be hungry, class, what do I have to be? I have to be fit. I have to be what? Starving? Okay. It, to be thirsty. My mouth has to be what? Mm. If to be hungry, I got to be starving, and to be thirsty, I, my mouth got to be parched or dry, God says, come, to, come all who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Mm. Okay, so this just shows something right here. Your desperation level for trying to get to God. Because you need to check how desperate you are. And that's why... This is, once again, no more excuses. This is another reason why we don't go home and do stuff. Because we're not desperate enough to go and do it. Right. So because we're not doing it, that shows that oh, we want to fill our time with all this other stuff. Because we're not desperate to seek God. We're not desperate to go and commune with God and just lay out on the floor and pray for however many t minutes or hours that we got to pray. We're not desperate enough to even give him the time. But his word says, all who hunger, come all who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You have to come. Why? Because God is saying when you have nowhere else to, to fill your life with and when you all out of things to do, I'm right here. I'm right here. And it's until you, you, until you come to an end of your doing is when his doing begins. That's why. When you come to the end of that is when God can start doing stuff. But you got to show that you're desperate enough. 
It's a desperation that we need to have, church, for Jesus. Not a desperation to be liked or a desperation to be praised or applauded. Not a desperation to be fitting in with the crowd and just going with the flow. Because that does not matter if your heart is from God. That doesn't matter if I come to church and say I love God and I do nothing. You're being desperate with your mouth but not your actions. What can God do with that? What can God do with your mouth being desperate? Because he still sees you're not doing nothing to follow that action. It's not until I become desperate with seeking God and seeking his face because I'm in some bad times and I just need the Lord. It's not until I cry out and say, God, I just need you. I don't know how to do this on my own. I'm done with doing this on my own. God, I'm done with trying to figure it out by myself because I keep running into every single corner and I just keep getting cornered by the enemy and boom, now he's right here in my face and I don't know what to do because all the time I've just been saying, I got the victory, but not really believing and receiving that I got the victory. And what God is saying is that your heart, he's looking at your outward appearance And your outward appearance is not matching what your heart is supposed to be doing. And then for some people, you know, and you're just, if you're just doing stuff, you know, and you're secular, then yeah, your outward appearance is matching what you're saying out your mouth. But as Christians and believers, so-called Christians and believers, we need to be, we need to make sure that our heart is matching our mouth when we're saying stuff. And even if you're not even really saying nothing, make sure your heart is still matching God. We need to make sure that we're getting desperate enough for everything that Jesus wants to do in our life. We got to be desperate enough for this word. We got to be desperate. It's some stuff, things that I've been through that I didn't even have to go through. But why? Because I was desperate enough to do it. I was desperate enough to put myself in that situation. But we don't treat God the same way. Like I said earlier, everything that we can do to please our flesh is convenient. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the word is going to cause an inconvenience. He was at a man, he was at a blessed uh, man to man meeting yesterday. Shout out to Brother Joe, all the men. That was really, it was really good. But we was at a blessed man to man meeting. And uh, we were sharing about how to go with just the gym story. To, to get in the word of God, you got to, in a gym, for all the gym buffs in here or people who went to the gym or know a little about the gym, you have to shock your muscles. Why? Because it needs to grow. That's what the word does. You, in a way, you may have a, a claim you got a super busy schedule and you may got this, but see, that's why you have to get into the word because the word causes an inconvenience to your lifestyle. So you got to shock your flesh to get it to boom, like a little, like, like, like Pastor AJ did. You got to shock your flesh. Why? Because it causes an inconvenience, which will shock you. And you'll be like, dang, I'm growing. Oh, my goodness. You want to drink? No, I'm good. And you'll see you growing through certain stuff. It's the small, gradual steps that you take. But it only happens when you start shocking your flesh. So when you get out your daily routine that you're so comfortable in, you got to start shocking your flesh and get a little more committed to this thing. Do that. When you leave out there, look, after the message today, you're going to be attacked with being comfortable, with being content with where you are. With God, can you really, I mean, I'm dealing with this. Can you really save me from that? Can you really deliver me? This is stuff we go through in our mind. Can you really do this for me, God? You're going to be attacked 
with, oh, okay, after that message today, yeah, I'm making sure I'm going home, read the word. I'm making sure I, get, I listen to the stuff. And then days go by. And you, feel your st- and you feel your schedule with the phone, or you feel your schedule with the TV, or you feel your schedule with just other things that got to happen that incoincidentally just be happening. I got a flat tire. Now I can't read. I got to take my car to the thing. Just a coincidence, you know, how stuff just be happening when you want to get in the word. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal that word from you. The enemy want to want to steal that testimony. The enemy's job is to make God out of a liar. The enemy's job is to do that. And we've been, in a way, playing into the hands of that and living our life a little comfortable, a little too comfortable to where we see what's going on overseas and we have yet to get up and pray. We see what's going on in the world, in the schooling systems, and yet we haven't rebuked nothing. We haven't stood for stuff. And so when you're double-minded like that, you know, and I've heard, I believe it's in the Bible as well too, uh, that a double-minded man cannot stand. You, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So when you can say one thing and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm this and I'm that, but your heart is not really serious about that, you're you going to crumble. You are going to crumble. You need to make sure that your heart and your mouth align with each other when it comes to the word of God. Because at the end of the day, when everything else, this is not the words, the iPad, when the, when the end of the day, when everything else just crumbles and fails, the word will remain the same. The word will remain. So you need to make sure that you're standing on the word. And for all the young people, uh, young adults in here, we really need to make sure that we are being serious about stuff. Because we go to school. Look, I, I'm out of school now, but y'all go to school. Y'all see what people deal with all the time. Y'all see the pain in people's eyes, the hurt in people's eyes. You got it yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be serious with yourself. Sit under, when you sit under words and sit... Because you know that you just be in here, maybe, hope not y'all, we just be in here just listening and going in one ear and out the other. And then we be so quick to run to people and say, I'm going through stuff. Well, you wouldn't be going through that if you listened to the word that was teached on the last Sunday. You wouldn't be going through that if you listened to your parent who told you not to get in that situation. You would not be going through that if you just consulted wisdom because in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. You would not be going through that stuff if you just opened your mouth and was honest about where you were at. That's step one to victory. Just opening your mouth. You got to be honest with yourself so we, don't, so we don't fade like a lot of other Christians may be doing. So we don't fade. We came off a 21-day fast, which is like what? It was like two months ago probably. And uh, we were really, for, for a lot of us, a lot of us dove in. A lot of us were serious about this fast, getting the junk out of our life. I mean, the testimonies and everything. And a lot of us called God and made an appointment to get some spiritual surgery on that fast. And we got some spiritual surgery. And God took some stuff out of our life. And like they sung today, we got some breakthrough. We got some victory. And just a side note with that, even in this atmosphere, when we were singing, they singing the songs about clean my hands, purify my heart. When you speak, mountains move. There will be breakthrough. When you're in atmospheres like that, don't miss your opportunity to be honest. Don't miss your opportunity to come up to the altar when it's time to pray and when it's time to repent. 
Because I can go all into how tomorrow not promise, but really be honest. Be honest. Get your breakthrough. Too many of us go home and still deal with the same stuff that God know that we're dealing with. But then, like I said, his love is chasing you down and you get, he brings you and calls you to an to a, a atmosphere where you can get free, but you don't want to lift your hands. And you don't want to give your all. And then you're left toiling and, 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 and at home in depression. And that's why all that stuff come up. Because the enemy just like, yep, I got him again. Mm. And the enemy, they, they, they converse and God like, yeah, he's going to be at church today. I don't know what your plan is today. He's going to be at church and he's going to give freedom. But then when you don't do your part and be honest and let the Holy Spirit tug you, you got to be honest. Don't miss your moment in this type of atmosphere. You got to get, Pastor AJ says, you got to get beside yourself sometimes. You got to, it's a song, I think it's Juanita Bynum, I think. She got a song like, shake yourself loose. Shake yourself loose. Vicky Winans, I'm sorry. Vicky Winans, that man, really. Shake yourself loose. Shake us again, there we go. Man. You got to shake yourself loose out of this stuff. Don't miss, don't miss the atmosphere that you're in. And so we all know and we all understand that this is the year of harvest. We've been saying it a lot. None of us, I don't think, need that reminder that it's the year of harvest because we know that. We know it's the year of harvest. And we gonna, but we're going to keep saying it's the year of harvest because you got to keep coming into an agreement with it. But like I said earlier, you got to catch this, that it's just the harvest that you're going to get that's in question. It's whatever type of harvest you're getting. Each of us have our own race. So it's the harvest that, that whatever seeds you're planting is based on the harvest that you're going to get. Right. Is that a seed of lip service that's planted? Is that a seed of dishonesty that's planted? Has it been a seed of you not being loyal or honoring God that's just planted? Has it been a seed of I'm not going to church today because I don't feel like going to church today that's been planted? Has it been a seed of not being authentic? Has it been a seed of not having integrity? Whatever seed you're planting is the seed or the harvest you're going to get. So when you know that, you, you still claiming that you're that you getting a, a nice harvest from God, but you gossiping over here. No, you're going to attract what, you, what you're giving out in a way. It's one principle that I've always known, that I've always loved and always stood by. Your income determines your outcome. That's a thing in life. You can use that with anything. The amount that you put into something is going to be the measure you get out of it. So if I'm not desperate enough with going home and getting in the word, then why do I think I'm going to defeat the devil? How am I going to be able to stand against the devil if I'm not even showing that I can stand or stay up? It's, Jesus, oh, Jesus was in the garden. And he was like, y'all couldn't sit and y'all couldn't uh, watch and pray with me for one hour? They were asleep. Y'all couldn't do that? You couldn't turn off the TV for five minutes and just pray? You couldn't do that? You ain't desperate enough. You're not committed enough. You're not serious. You're not fed up with what you're doing. 
You're not annoyed at what's going on in your life. You're not tired of the pain and the hurt and the bondage that your family may be going through or that you may be going through. You're not fed up with it enough. So therefore, that's why you leave some stuff at home. You're not tired of that stuff. You can't sit up for five minutes and pray. You can't listen to the word that just was spoken on the same day. Instead, we so quick to go get some daggone food. And that food is going to fill you up naturally. But it's the same way with the word. And I'm not trying to be harsh. But I'm trying to be serious. And this is me. I'm passionate. But really, we're quick to think. I'm just saying how quick we are to think about other things. The moment you hit that door, you think about something else. You probably forgot you was at church this morning when it hit 5 o'clock. You got to be desperate. You got to be desperate for this. You got to be desperate because God is looking at you. And yes, you may have some people looking at you too, but that does not matter. It only matters what you do for God and how your heart is towards God. So don't let that seed be uh, of dishonesty or lip service because that's the harvest that you're going to receive. Don't let that seed be, I didn't pray at all this year. I didn't give to the building fund at all this year. 365 days? And you got a job? Yeah. Come on. Let that, and that's the physical seed is what I'm saying. You got to be able to be desperate enough for certain stuff. Desperate enough. So let's turn to Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew. I'm staying in Matthew today. Matthew got some good stuff. Matthew 6. Because you may be asking yourself, well, why is he so concerned about, like, what I'm doing in secret? I mean, why is he so concerned about what I'm doing, you know, in my, in my, in my closed-door times? This is why. It says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. You know, a lot of us, like I said, we want to please our flesh so much and try to please other people that this is what we do. And guess what God says? Your reward is that. Your reward is that applause that you're getting. Your reward, you got your reward already. I can't even bless you because you already got blessed by the most applause. I was looking to give you victory. I was looking to really set you free. But you wanted to look like you was free in front of people. Or look like you got it all together in front of people. And now you got your freedom. You got your victory. So it says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. That they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward. Next one, please. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Right? Next one. That your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. God is looking for you to be behind that closed door more so than just doing it in the public or openly. Let's be secret, I mean, let's be, let's be serious in both aspects. Do it in secret and do it openly. And God is saying that if you do it in the secret time, if you show that you're serious in my secret time, instead of trying to show you serious when you're on a stage or when you're really preaching to other people about stuff, you do it in your secret time. Because now I really see you. You're really devoted to what I'm trying to do. You're really desperate enough to what I'm trying to do in your life. So if you do it in your secret time, oh my goodness, I'll reward you openly. Oh my gosh, I will bless you. 
I will really do something. I will really rock your world to where you will be a light in a city on a hill and for people to see, wow, look what God did in their life. That's what God is trying to do. But he can't do nothing if you already got your glory from man. He can't do nothing with that. If your mouth is getting closer to him but not your heart. He can't do anything with that. We got to be serious. So it's the same thing. If your seeds that you're planting are being serious, if it's in that secret time that you got with God, if you're making it a statement in your mind that, oh, I can't wait till I get off work because I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to read. I'm not going to watch TV and relax. I'm going to pray. If my seed is, okay, I told him this word, so when the enemy come to me, man, I make sure I'm on my guard. I make sure I'm, I'm prayed up. If that's the seed you planting, oh, best believe your harvest, this is the year of harvest as it pertains to that. You will get blessed. You will get blessed. But you got to plant a seed that God can use. You got to plant a seed that God can use. And we know, we know that the harvest is waiting. We know that there is a harvest waiting. This message could have been, what seed are you planting? <laughs> but that's crazy how everything aligned with Miss Crystal with a great message from last week, aiming with expectation. <laughs> aiming with expectation. Because you still got to make sure that you're planting your seed in solid ground, good ground, good ground that God can use. Not a ground that's made by lies or falsified information. A seed can't grow in concrete. Sun can't reach there, but the sun can reach through some soil. Water can go down in the soil. Water stays on top of concrete. The metaphor of your heart being hardened. With a hard heart or stony heart, you're turning away all the things that God want to do. But that's why you got to surrender certain things to, so he can turn that stony heart into a heart made of flesh, a tender heart. To where he can, he can ply that heart and ply it and chip at it and chip at it. And with days like this, when you come to church and, oh, I'm still chipping away. Oh, did you hear what he, when he said that? Did you hear when he said that? Oh, did you hear when they said this? Did you hear when they said this? And then he just chipping away and it's going to turn you into something beautiful and magnificent. And a spectacle to be seen because of your secret time. Not trying to be seen because of my mouth. We got to get into God's presence, though, when it starts in our secret times. So that's why we have to be authentic, <laughs> authentic behind closed doors. That's why we have to show that we have integrity behind closed doors. Let's make sure that we're doing that this year so it can live on forever. It starts with just your, it starts with you doing it, though. It starts with you, apart from this message, being honest with yourself. When you get home, when you're taking that ride to the car, I mean, when you're taking that ride in the car, when you're talking to your kids, just like I got in y'all business, get in their business. Y'all live in the same house. Talk to them. Get to know them. Challenge them. You're not growing if you ain't challenging yourself. You got to challenge yourself. You got to know what God is trying to do. And God is raising up some strong people here at Kingdom Life based off the messages that have been preached. Some real and radical people who are going to set the world on fire with the stuff we're doing. God is doing that. So let's apply that. 
let's give God what he really deserves. Not just me coming in here and lifting my hands without really knowing him in my heart. If you don't know Jesus, and it's not the altar call, but if you don't know Jesus, get to know him on today. He loves you. God sent his son to die for you. That's love. He wants to connect with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. You have to be able to talk to someone in a relationship. It's not, two, it's not, it's not one-sided. Give him your time and attention. Give him your heart, not just your lips. Behind closed doors, physically, go home and do what you're saying you should be doing. And behind closed doors, spiritually, hide the words in your heart. Behind those closed doors of your heart, hide that word so that you may not sin against God or be disobedient against God or be in rebellion against God or be doing your own thing. Y'all enjoy the message? <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to end it right there. Thank you. I'm going to end it right there. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.